You've heard me talk about Tacovas, the company carrying on all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. Well, longtime listener Jeremy emailed me to say, Zabe, I was on a work trip to Austin, knew about Tacovas from the podcast, stopped into the store. Next thing you know, I've got a damn good pair of boots and I'm looking sharp with a nice buzz to boot. Giddy up. Tacovas believes in Western for all. And you can feel that when you stop in one of their stores and get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 at Tacovas.com. Just use promo code ZABE, that's promo code Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, at checkout. It's a $30 value, and they sell out fast. Only at Tacovas.com. Today on the ZabeCast, Aaron Rodgers loves his mind-melting psychedelics, but maybe what he needs is just a good walk and some perspective. I'll try to give it to him. Red Zone to DirecTV, will that be enough to satisfy us lost children now roaming the Sunday ticket-less dish landscape? The COVID emergency is still going strong, and pickleball might not be as safe as you think. Your 35-minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so... Buckle up, man. Let's go. <laughs> Here we go. Wednesday, June 28, 2023. Thank you for downloading. Let's get right to it. Aaron Charles Rogers of the New York Jets has spoken out over the last several years about his experiences using psychedelics ayahuasca and the profound effect it's had on him in fully what's the word I'm looking for realizing who he is and his place in the world and all that other good metaphysical stuff about life in general well he's gone even further now because he appeared at a conference last week touting the benefits and promoting the acceptance of, and hopefully he thinks they should be changing the laws to, the usage of things like ayahuasca and other psychedelic drugs. Rogers said, amongst, amongst other things, that, you know, why is it that the things that are worst for you, such as addictive high-fat foods and or alcohol, those are legal, but the stuff that can really expand your mind, dude... And really help you out. How come that's illegal? He said everybody should try it at least once. He also said that by winning MVP back-to-back years, it helped embolden him to come out and say this. Because he figured, well, if he wasn't playing good football, in the meantime, he's going, hey, you know, you should take this drug that pretty much melts your brain. (laughs) Makes you see things, you're like, wow, what is going on? probably wouldn't be received as well. Now, look, I am not anti trying something like this. I don't think I ever would, but I would bet that doing it once or twice 
with hopefully some medical personnel around in case it goes real sideways, you know, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. And maybe you do get some insight into life and everything else. But the way Rogers framed it was more people need this stuff. And I'm like, no, they don't need ayahuasca. What you need is eight good hours of sleep. You need a brisk walk in the open air and hopefully sunshine every day. You need a dog and maybe a Bible. Or if you're not religious, you need to call your mom once in a while. That's what you need. You don't need ayahuasca or other drugs. There are people who will then say, oh, this is great. You know, he's lobbying for this. I, I take this, I take this, I take this to get high. This could be an even better high. There are people that will certainly use it the wrong way. He also said, Rogers, that after he won the Super Bowl, he had this feeling of, okay, what next? Is this all there is to what I do? And it's an understandable feeling because athletes spend their whole life training and focusing and striving to reach the mountaintop of their sport. And then once they're there, it's sort of like, well, okay, do it again? All right, well, what is that going to do? And I'm not implying that Rodgers got disinterested and didn't want to try to do it again. I think, of course, he did. But the larger picture is this is a struggle athletes often have. I remember David Duvall said something similar when he was atop the golf world back in the late 90s, early aughts, when David Duvall was a big enough, hot enough name to actually have made-for-TV nighttime golf events against the great Tiger Woods featuring him. Like, who's going to win, Duvall or Woods? Everyone knew Duvall wasn't in Woods' category, but at least he was at that level. They could sell a nighttime match on it. When Duvall won his first major and his only major, the British Open, he pretty much held up the trophy, smiled, and admitted years later afterwards that he went home after that going, okay, now what? And I get it, but I think the biggest thing everybody should keep in mind is that what you do is not who you are. And that's true if you're a NFL quarterback or a professional golfer, or if you're Del Griffiths, showering salesman in the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. You are not just a shower ring salesman. You are more than that. What you do is not who you are. The answer, Rogers, was simple. What now? Well, keep doing it. Was that fun winning the Super Bowl? Great. Try to do it again. Keep building relationships. Get out. Take a walk. Buy a dog. Go meditate. You don't need to trip in a yurt on some jungle drug that melts your brain. But if that's what floats your boat, okay. Oh, by the way, even though it's illegal, ayahuasca did not violate the NFL's substance abuse policy in some sort of loophole that I had to read the story multiple times and I still said, I don't get it. What? Why wouldn't it be? Okay, never mind. Cut two, golf is hot. I need to remind myself to uh, present this little nugget to one uh, colleague of mine by the name of Drew Olson, who is not a golfer, doesn't really like golf, uh, 
claims he's okay with it, even though he's not doesn't play very often. But he really kind of hates golf on the down low. He used to say to me, golf's dying. Yeah, nobody's playing anymore. Golf's dying. Golf is hot right now. Drew. Year-to-date golf rounds are up another 5.5%. It's been on a tear since the pandemic. May golf rounds were up 10%. And depending on the the region you're in, the mid-Atlantic region crushed it in May up 21% in rounds. Everybody I talk to in the industry, including my colleague John Gould of the Capital Golf Gang, you'll hear that episode drop shortly, said even their section events, which involves the professionals at the clubs and at the courses, playing usually with their members or amateurs, the organized tournaments, participation in those events is up 40%. He says it's the, it's the darndest thing he's seen in the nearly 20 or so years he's been head of the, of the section. Golf is hot right now. And I, part of me says I'm happy for it because I want the sport I love to thrive and be healthy. I want people to be able to have careers and make a living and not work themselves seven days a week and not see their families. But at the same time, fuck, it's hard to get a tea time now. I can't get a comp round as easily as I once did. Red Zone to Direct TV. What? Direct TV, which lost the Sunday ticket, has agreed instead to a multi-year deal to carry the NFL Network version of the NFL Red Zone. You know, the whip around of, okay, this team's about to score, let's go over there. This is the version of the Red Zone hosted by Scott Hansen. Andrew Siciliano, who hosted the Direct TV Red Zone, is out of a gig. Basically, both, by the way, both men, both uh, uh, Hanson and Siciliano work for NFL Network. But I feel for Siciliano in this regard. And I hear Scott Hanson's outstanding in the way he presents it. But I just loved what Andrew was doing with it. And I have a personal soft spot because he's a former colleague and friend of mine. And I just thought this had to be the greatest gig he would ever have. And now it's gone. Now the question is, I did not sign up for YouTube's Sunday ticket. I was gonna, then the June 6th deadline to get a hundred dollar discount off the package came and went and I go, okay, fuck. should I still get it or not? Now with Red Zone on DirecTV, I assume it's going to be free or part of the package that Uh, part of the lower tiers. I I didn't see any note in this story about you have to pay extra for it. But is it enough to stitch together to say, I'm going to have the game that's on in my area of my local team on screen one, red zone on screen two, and then hopefully catch that secondary game on screen three? Or I guess that'd be tertiary game. Well, it'd be the second game, but you might be able to get away with it. You might, if you have three TVs like I do, and you were once relying on DirecTV and the Sunday ticket and didn't want to go streaming with YouTube or don't have the internet bandwidth to do it, this might be your answer. When we come back, Seacrest not out, but Seacrest in, and Vanna White lawyers up. You are listening to a glorious solo romp of the Zabecast. 
Okay, you action-loving sports maniacs, look, we all like having something-something on the games. Hell, it's what keeps us from going to bed or watching Top Chef. But when you're putting your money out there on these rough gambling streets, the number one thing you need to know is simply this. A, when will I get my money without a hassle? And B, is this online sports book going to be a dirt patch in a cloud of dust next week? Well, with the official sweet action site of the ZabeCast, my bookie is that place. I've been doing business with them for over five years. They've got great odds, don't gouge on the VIG, have all kinds of props and futures, and best of all, in the rare case there's ever a customer service issue, guess who your customer service rep is? That's right. Me, El Baldo. So get in there, open an account, use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, so they know that I sent you. And bet with your head no over it, and you'll never look back. You'll never be tempted to try these other big clown books that are spending a trillion dollars on fancy ad campaigns. MyBookie.com, MyBookie.com. You got a bookie? Yes, you do. And you don't have to meet him in a seedy Italian restaurant to settle up. If 2024 is the year you're jetting off to a new country, or even just want to expand your language skills beyond English, then I urge you to check out Rosetta Stone today. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years. Why? Because it works. Instead of drilling vocabulary words, with Rosetta Stone you learn by matching audio, from native speakers to visuals, reading stories, participating in dialogues, and other practical language skills that fast-track your ability to communicate fluently. Not only is it a more effective way to learn, it's more fun. Rosetta Stone's advanced voice recognition technology gives you feedback on how well you pronounce words. Other language learning apps use speech recognition to detect what you said. Rosetta Stone tells you how well you said it. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages with lessons available on your computer, phone, or tablet. And with a lifetime membership, you get forever access to all the lessons for all the languages and never pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, ZabeCast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, you know, it's about time this kid, Ryan Seacrest, who I've heard a little bit about, finally got a break in the entertainment industry. That's, of course, a joke. The 48-year-old Seacrest, 
who has not just a very successful radio show, but has hosted American Idol for years, is impossibly good-looking, impossibly skinny, now has another gig. He is the replacement for Pat Sajak on Wheel of Fortune. Sajak is finally stepping down after uh, running the show since 1982. Uh, Vanna White's not happy about this because Sajak, who is 76 years old, still looks good himself for that age, was making nearly $15 million a year for the show while his letter turner, Ms. White, herself still quite good looking at 66, uh, was only making $3 million a year. And she claims or at least she's going to claim in her lawsuit, according to sources, that she has not been given a raise in 18 years of doing the show. She's only received bonuses during that period of time. Uh, She's apparently hired an aggressive powerhouse attorney by the name of Brian Friedman, who has represented a slew of Hollywood heavyweights during disputes with TV networks that employ them. Is Vanna White, who doesn't talk on the show, who just turns the letters, but is great eye candy, is she worth half of what Pat Sajak was? And that answer, I don't know. Because it's not like Sajak had a lot of lines himself. You know, it was just very perfunctory. What an incredible gig that was for Sajak. According uh, to the Daily Mail, White is scared that she'll be forced out of her role once Sajak retires, and so she wants to get what she's got coming. Well, she is 66. And the two of them have been face, the, the faces of this iconic game show for more than 40 years. Even at 66, even after 40 years, 40 times 3 million, that's 120 million. I mean, Vanna White's stinking rich. It's such a good gig. It's such easy work. The money is so sweet, even at a mere 3 million a year. Fuck, who would want to leave? I guess I can't blame her. Dateline the internet. President Biden wants to make sure everybody who does not have internet can get it. He announced a plan to get nearly 8.5 million households off the internet grid. Broadband internet by the year 2030. It'll only cost the government, according to their estimates... Remember, estimates are always the first draft, low-end number. $42 billion. That's $42,000 million. (laughs) That's insane. That's nearly $4,941 per family to get them high-speed internet. And do you think people not living on the internet grid, by choice, by the way, do you think once they get internet, high-speed internet, they're going to use it for good? That they're going to really say, oh, wow, this is going to make my life so much better. I can do online banking now, and I can do research my school term papers. I can Skype my employer to show that I'm doing something minimal, at least to deserve my paycheck. No, they're going to watch porn and stream Netflix. Duh. 
Meanwhile, somebody pointed out that Elon Musk's Starlink could do it for $599 per family, where this cost will come out to nearly, did I mention the number? $4,941 per family. That's what it's going to cost. Carissa Thompson got robbed and watched it in horror on her iPhone while she was away from her home in California. On the latest episode of her podcast, Calm Down with her BFF, Aaron Andrews, the 41-year-old former UC Santa Barbara grad. Hey, I just had to include that. No, I did not know her there. She's only 41. I'm 55. You do the math. Anyway, she said it's been a rough week for her because even though they didn't take a whole lot, she said she just felt very violated and insecure having to see it go down. She said, I got a text message in the morning that my front door in LA had been, you know, jarred and it went off at 1215 at night. I was like, well, that's weird. So I checked the cameras and sure enough, there was two guys running out my front door, bags in their hands. I immediately started bawling and had this feeling in my stomach of like, holy shit, I've just been robbed. And now it's the panic of trying to check the other cameras, the other angle, she said, to see what they actually took and what they might have done. She said she has a 15-foot fence in her backyard. 15 feet. But the three men still climbed over it. She said she added the house, uh, the fence to her house to feel secure, but I guess that wasn't enough. At that point, don't you have to have a house sitter who's always going to have a dog? The dog is going to be a very well-trained, serious guard dog. Not even like a German Shepherd. German Shepherds are good, mind you. Rottweilers are good, mind you. But I hear the best of the best guard dogs are Belgian Malinois, those dogs are scary good because of their trainability, their intelligence, and their viciousness when they are told by their owner with sometimes just a snap, go get them. COVID theft, what? Dayline Washington, you're never going to believe this. Investigators now believe that more than $200 billion may have been stolen from two large COVID-19 pandemic relief programs. This according to a new watchdog report. Really? $200 billion stolen. That's, some would say, well, it's not bad compared to all the other shit the government wastes money on. So you see stories like this and you shake your head and then you travel back from another country like I did this Sunday, and you go through customs at the airport, and that's run by the government. That is not run by the airlines who are just trying to make a profit, and they would sometimes skimp on employees. And you stand there in a giant switchback line of hundreds of travelers, and you see in front of you an amazing long row of entry stations numbered 1 through 40, and you start counting. One, two, three, four, five, six. Why are there 25 unmanned entry kiosks? I would rather have the government overstaff the living shit out of that so there is never a line to go through customs 
and have the poor customs agents sit there, they can play Candy Crush on their phones instead. Let's overspend on that, shall we, instead of this other bullshit. While we're on COVID, do you know the emergency is still going on in New York? That's right. New York City just renewed their COVID-19 state of emergency. Why? Money, of course. If you keep the emergency going, you keep the ability to go, well, here's some money for you. Here's some money for you. We're allowed to do this. We can cut corners here, make laws there. Remember back when the pandemic started and some people said, oh my God, once we go down this road, this will be a forever thing. They'll never give it up. And many scoffed and said, oh, come on. Really? Forever? Please. Well, here we are. Three plus years later and New York City just renewed their state of emergency. And those who are the most wrong about shit, they haven't been punished, held to account, put in jail or anything. In fact, some of them are even doubling and tripling down on their wrong-headed stances. Former UK Health Secretary Matt Hancock, who was at the front of the UK's efforts to enforce their lockdown, says that he is profoundly sorry for every COVID death that occurred and hopes lockdowns will be, quote, much earlier and much more stringent during the next pandemic. The next one. Yes, they're already looking ahead and thinking about the next one. And instead of saying, yeah, you know what? These lockdowns didn't do anything, caused a lot of harm, caused kids to have delays and problems with their developments and kept loved ones from seeing other loved ones and led to old people who are stranded alone into despair and premature death. We're never doing that again. That's what Matt Hancock should have said, but of course not. He says, no, next time we better go earlier and harder. Fuck that guy and fuck everybody like him. On a brighter note, good to see good guys get recognized. Ian Eagle's been named the Sportscaster of the Year by the Nor- the NSMA, the National Sports Media Association, I believe is what that stands for. Ian Eagle is so good, he continues to get top assignments. I think he's going to be this next generation version of a Joe Buck, of a Jim Nance, of a you name it. He's a pleasure to watch and listen to. Dateline emergency landings. There's a video going around. I think it's new, but you never know. I'd not seen it until just now of what looks like a small twin engine plane, propeller plane, making an emergency landing on a highway. And they had a camera mounted under the wing so you could see the emergency landing as it was happening. And it is wild. It's fascinating. It looks like it's somewhere in kind of a mountain, mountainous region, almost like maybe a highway somewhere in Denver, Colorado. I didn't look up where this was from because you know me. I don't do a lot of research on this podcast. I do just enough to be mostly correct. <laughs> and the plane's coming down. You could see one, see one of the propellers didn't have much power and it was maybe just kind of spinning or idling. It's coming down and the cars are underneath and they're driving along. 
And you realize that cars are oblivious. They can't see this plane coming down from behind them. And you're watching wondering, okay, how low does the plane have to get before the cars actually see it and go, oh shit, there's a plane about to make an emergency landing. So the plane finds a little gap in the, in the traffic, which wasn't too heavy, thankfully, lands, but he lands on a curve that looks like it's going to be too big for the plane to navigate because I don't know what the steering is like on a small prop plane, but it lands and it starts to kind of steer to curve around. So it doesn't just go skidding right across the highway. But as it's making its turn and struggling to get back into its own lane on the, its own side of this you know, divided highway, what starts coming the other direction, but cars come in the other direction. Imagine their shock going, I think that looks like a, what the, that's an airplane right there. Luckily, the cars notice in time and they slow down, pull off to the side and plane ends up coming to a stop without a scratch on it. Man, that guy's heart rate must have been going a million beats per minute. Who's bad at math, everybody? Raise your hand. Ooh, ooh, me. Well, I can say this. I'm not as bad as Mad Dog Russo, who tried to do some off-the-cuff, impromptu math to figure out the Mets' playoff chances. I think they're pretty slim. I mean, it's early, obviously, but they look like a bad team that was poorly constructed with a bunch of old guys who got paid too much money. Shit's gone wrong. Uh, uh, Timmy Trumpet, their reliever, that's not his real name, you know, Edwin Diaz got hurt at the World Baseball Classic out for the season before the game, uh, before the season even began, this celebrating after a big win, dagger. But it didn't stop Mad Dog from going, okay, let's just see what it would take for them. If they ever did 55 and 30, the Braves would have to go 40 and 45 just for the Mets to match the Braves. (laughs) So, in other words, if the Braves go 40 and 45 over their last 85 games, that makes them 90 and 72. To match that, the Mets would have to go 50 and 35. And it actually do better than that, really one more win, 51 and 34, because of the fact, or 56 and 34, because of the fact that the, uh, 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 you know, uh, 56. Six and uh, is that correct? Uh, wrong. Fifty-six and uh, let's see, fifty-five. What did I say the Mets are? The Mets right now. Let's figure this out properly. They're seven under five hundred. <laughs> Too I think late they're 34, for that. And I think they're forty-one. So to get the ninety wins, they got to go fifty-six and roughly is it thirty-one? So for the Braves to do. Worse than that, the Braves got to go. I know the Braves got to go 40 and 45 in their 85 games to go to get the 90 because the Braves right now have 55 wins. Uh, the Braves have uh, 50 wins. So 40 and 45 gets them the 90. The Mets are 35 and 42. So to get to, so that's 55 to get the 90 from 35, 42. They got to go 55 and 30. So to beat the Braves out, if they went 40 and 45, the Mets would have to go 56 and 29 because the Braves right now have beaten the Mets five out of six. They'd have tiebreaker. The Mets aren't going 56 and 29. And the loss yesterday by the Mets was as bad a loss as you're ever going to have. <laughs> yes. I'm pretty confident, too, that the Mets will not go 56 and 29 the rest of the way. But thank you, Mad Dog, for for easily and clearly laying that out for all of your listeners. Dayline Beer. Bud Light is officially fired. The top 
two Anheuser-Busch marketing geniuses that were in charge of the Dylan Mulvaney viral video campaign that has utterly tanked the brand. Group VP for Marketing Daniel Blake and v- Bud Light Marketing VP Alyssa Heinerscheid are no longer with the company, according to a source who spoke with the Daily Caller. The source said, quote, wholesalers were told that they are both gone for good by leadership during in-person conversations. Remember, they put her on leave, this gal, Ms. Heinerscheid, and just kind of parked her hoping the whole thing would blow over. Narrator, it was not, in fact, blowing over. They've already shifted their, all their direct reports to new people and the head of marketing, according to the source. They are described as being gone, gone. See, I'm a, if I'm a wholesaler and I'm buying X amount of Bud Light per year and you're Anheuser-Busch and you want to convince me, okay, we've learned our lesson. This is not going to happen again. You'd want to see not just an org chart. You would really, really want some proof that the morons who thought this was a good idea are no longer with the company in any way, shape, or form, in any capacity, in any department, not on leave, not doing remote work, but gone, gone. In case you didn't hear this, this was Ms. Heinerscheid explaining in a interview with, I don't know who exactly it was, what they were trying to do with the brand. Bud Light. I'm a businesswoman. I had a really clear job to do when I took over Bud Light. And it was, this brand is in decline. It's been in decline for a really long time. And if we do not attract young drinkers to come and drink this brand, there will be no future for Bud Light. So I had this super clear mandate. It's like, Mm -hmm. we need to evolve and elevate this incredibly iconic brand. And my, what I brought to that was a belief in okay, what, is, what, do, what does evolve and elevate mean? It means inclusivity. It means shifting the tone. It means having a campaign that's truly inclusive and feels lighter and brighter and different and appeals to women and to men. Mm-hmm. And representation is at sort of the heart of evolution. You've got to see people who reflect you in the work. And we had this hangover. I mean, Bud Light had been kind of a brand of fratty, kind of out of touch humor and it was really important (laughs) that we had another approach yeah god god help bud light for being fratty and out of touch in their humor the former ads for bud light over the years have been some of the most classic ads still quoted today by dudes fratty dudes some fratty dudes in their 50s even Who'd like to say things like, I love you, man. That was a great one. Bud Light. I love you, man. Sharing a Bud Light with your dad. Bud Light was cheap. Got you fucked up and right in the right amount of quantities. You know, at a nice slow injection rate of getting fucked up. Buy a whole 12 pack, 24 pack case of it for a pretty cheap price. Fairly neutral tasting. Not terrible tasting, but good enough. And you knew every place had it. Every place had Bud Light. You didn't have to worry. Does, do they have a light beer that I might like? Yeah, they got Bud Light. Let's go away from that. Now, it's true that beer drinking and beer sales have been in decline. But that's across the category. That's not just 
Bud Light. Younger people in general are not drinking beer the way the older generations have done. Dateline ESPN, Sage Steele has nerves of it and good for her. I believe Andrew Marshawn reported on this, although it may have been A.J. Perez of Front Office Sports. I'll give him credit. According to Perez, Disney at ESPN has offered Steele $500,000 and lawyer's fees to settle her lawsuit against the network for being disciplined following her comments about how she felt that the vaccine mandate the company imposed on employees was, quote, scary and didn't agree with it. She is not settled yet. She may soon in the future. She may take this all the way. Who knows? But good for Sage Steele. Now, I'm biased because I know her. She used to be on our show with Andy and I, the sports reporters on the Team 980. And she is smart and funny, and she is not hung up on herself. She's beautiful. She's great at TV. And yes, she is biracial. What touched off her discipline by the by ESPN, she was... Not formally suspended, says the network, but uh, she was demoted and taken off the air, even though she probably got paid for that time, was because she was on a podcast with former NFL quarterback Jay Cutler. And Cutler asked about the vaccine mandates. And also asked about having to check black or white on the consensus, despite being biracial. Said Sage at the time, I work for a company that mandates it, and until September 30th, I had to get it done or I'm out. I respect everyone's decision, I really do, but to make it to but to mandate it is sick and it's scary to me in many ways. Huzzah, huzzah, amen on that. She then went on to say, if they make you choose a race, what are you gonna when when asked if you make they choose if let me slow down on that. Cutler said, if they make you choose a race, what are you gonna put? She said, Well, both. She then went on and said Barack Obama chose black, and yet he's biracial. Congratulations to the president. That's his thing. I think that's fascinating, though, considering his black dad is nowhere to be found, but his white mom and grandmother raised him. But okay, you do you. See, once she said you do you, that's that kind of, oh, people people get really triggered by that because it's so pat-pat on the head. I'm going to do me, she says. Listen, I'm pretty sure my white mom was there when I was born, and my white family loves me as much as my black family. Um, Bobby Barack, writing for OutKick, has a long list of other political comments that other ESPN employees made without any kind of discipline, even though the network said that, well, you know, uh, we don't mind our... Our personality speaking out about issues, but if they're not in line with our values, then they would run afoul of company policy. Uh, Barack has the following checklist, things like Bomani Jones discussing Donald Trump's arrest on his ESPN podcast, J.A. Adande downplaying the genocide against Uyghur Muslims in the Xinjiang region of China by claiming red state voting laws are just as harsh Jamel Jamel Hill calling then-President Donald Trump a, quote, white supremacist. Dan Levitard calling ESPN's No Politics Band cowardly while on his uh, ESPN radio show. L. Duncan interrupting a college basketball game to express her opposition to a bill prohibiting the sexual indoctrination of third graders. Max Kellerman degrading Donald Trump supporters as, quote, susceptible to very low-quality information and easy to propagandize. 
Mark Jones falsely accusing white police officers of trying to shoot him and sharing tweets calling Ron DeSantis a member of the KKK. Malik Andrews using the NBA draft show to protest the Supreme Court ruling in favor of giving abortion rights back to the states. Howard Bryant publishing an anti-America Jan 6-focused race-baiting column on ESPN's homepage July 4th. ESPN did not address any of those incidents, nor did the head of PR, Chris LaPlaca, issue a statement condemning their comments, as he did with Steele. Steele's lawyer says that uh, his client's First Amendment rights are not for purchase, even at that $500,000 price, no matter how powerful ESPN thinks they are. Eh, They might be purchasable at a higher price. I don't know. This could be a principal thing more than anything, and if it is, good for Sage Steele. I like her even more. Finally, we'll end with this. Name a stat that doesn't seem real but is. It's one of those social media threads that people are chiming in with, and I like it because many of the stats people are coming up with, you go, what? In 1942, Don Hudson of the Green Bay Packers had 74 catches for 1,211 yards and 17 touchdowns, 1942. Well, you know, the corners were a lot slower back then, Zabe, and, you know, Hudson was a quick guy. Well, the next three wide receivers in the league, the next three combined for 74 receptions. So, in other words, he had as many as the next three Not any random three, but numbers two, three, and four on the reception list. The next four wide receivers combined for a mere 1,150 yards, some 61 shy of Hudson's total. And the next three wide receivers behind him, numbers two, three, and four, also combined for the same number of touchdowns as 17. That's a hell of a stat right there. Did I say that was the last item? I got one more. This goes out to all you pickleball fanatics. Pickleball? How about crippleball? Injuries are on the rise almost as fast as the popularity of the sport itself. Pickleball. Injuries such as sprains suffered by 33% of picklers according to a new study done by insurance titan UBS, followed by fractures, 28%, and contusions, 10%, with wrists and lower legs at the most risk of being hurt. Some estimates say that pickleball could cost Americans nearly $500 million in injury-related health care costs in the next year. Patients 50 and older accounted for 91% of the patients being treated for pickleball-induced injuries. You don't say. And yet, my friends who love the sport so much, I'm talking to you, Steve Halligan. What's up, my brother? Your big argument was, no, it's great, man. You're too old to play tennis. You're going to hurt yourself. Yeah, well, careful about pickleball as well. You could hurt yourself there too. Oh, I also was, uh, I saw something on social media about another type of game that's not quite tennis, that's a little faster and a bit friskier than pickleball, but it's still not tennis. It's called PADL. P-A-D-L, I believe is the acronym or the way that they spell it. And it's wild. It's played on what looks like a pickleball-sized court, maybe a bit bigger. And you do have wooden paddles, but the ball 
actually bounces and you can hit it kind of fast, but the courts are encased in glass and you can play the ball off the glass. So in other words, it's kind of a combination of pickleball and squash. Now that might be more my liking, but I have not seen any paddle courts anywhere near. My problem with pickleball is it's too slow. It's slow tennis. Every shot decelerates. It's a lot of hunching. It's a lot of reaching. It's a lot of stooping because the balls are like, okay, all right, there you go. And I know you can smash them and listen. If you like pickleball, great, play it. It's just, it doesn't quite resonate with me. Okay, that's enough of me for today. Holy cow, look at the time. Good run today, Zabe. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Oh, by the way, thank you for uh, supporting the fact that once a week I'm going to do a solo podcast, and it could actually be good. I'll run through as many stories as I can in about 30 to 35 minutes. Thanks for listening. Have a great Wednesday, everybody, and we will all see you next time. Did you know that MyBookie.com has more than just sports gambling? Oh, yeah. They've got an online casino that is amazingly fun to play and can be quite profitable. Want to sharpen some skills for a trip to Vegas or maybe another casino? You want to practice card counting, bet variants, or some exotic strategy you saw on TikTok? MyBookie.com. And of course, there's always the sports. Not just football, which we're all salivating about, but baseball, golf, tennis, boxing, MMA, and a bunch of stuff that you'll say, wait, I can bet something on that? Yes, you can. Get an account at MyBookie.com. Enter promo code ZABE so they know that I sent you. And splash around and have some fun in life, especially after you get that reimbursement check from your sales meeting in Grand Forks, South Dakota. MyBookie.com, the one, the only, the official sports book of the ZABEcast.